Hello everyone, I'm Dana Stewart-Bullock and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about context. I'll discuss the meaning of context as it relates to interactions between people and how important it is when trying to connect. I will offer a new way to see connection with reference to emotions and feelings and their impact on the interaction and how to see the emotions we carry as information to then be able to empower ourselves to connect on a new level. So welcome. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So today we're talking about context. We are. right? Yes. So tell us about it. Well, I had a friend talk to me about talking about context, and I think it came from The fact that she talks to me and starts a conversation, I'm always stopping her saying, context, context, what are you talking about? So that's the root for this particular episode. Ooh, that's so good. (laughs) And so just to remind people, this whole model or philosophy is about connection and how to achieve it through language. So context itself comes from the Latin, which means to weave together. That's an aspect of connection. And it's an aspect in relationship and talking to each other that we oftentimes miss out on. And I also wanted to bring in a little something about symbols, because the word symbol means a throwing or casting together also. Mm. Oftentimes, symbols will give you a context for something. And then just in general about language, we use words to classify the world around us. We also use them to classify emotions and feelings. And so I'm talking about classification and connection because I'm going to go further into context. And context is, I believe, so important for understanding where we are or where the other person that we're speaking to is. And if you're speaking to someone else and you're coming from an unknown context, oftentimes there's confusion. And so I find it important to explain the context in which you're speaking. And that allows for greater connection. For sure. Which... I want to take a moment, in case if anyone listening to this episode, if this is your very first episode, I would highly recommend that you go back and start with episode one, gain some, learn a little bit more about some of these terms in particular, language and understanding what this model is about. That being said, if you just listen to this episode, you'll still gain a lot of value. But if you find yourself feeling a little bit confused, this podcast worked really well listening to it in order. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah. So just in terms of symbol and context, both of them are a way to see like the bigger picture or the meaning of something. And I think in our culture today, we are so disconnected. We're disconnected from each other and from ourselves. And so again, I want to focus on connection through language, actually, and through understanding the meaning of the different language we use and the different words we use, as well as just connecting between each other or between two people. So one of the things that we use all the time, I'm not sure we understand the meaning of it, is a metaphor. And the word metaphor means a crossing over. And so a metaphor is equating two things that are not actually the same. So if you talk about a black sheep in your family, that's a metaphor. Unless, of course, you're a sheep herder and you have a black sheep. But that's a metaphor. And it's also symbolic language. It automatically carries with it a context because we know that the black sheep is the not good one. Right. And we use this language all the time without really realizing its impact and how important it is. Right. And I mean, if I know my husband loves to use metaphors and sayings 
oftentimes ones that I've never heard of. And so I sometimes I have to get him to explain it in order for me to understand the context. And I'm I don't know I don't know what he's talking about if he doesn't explain the context of it. So I'm I'm gathering what you're saying. I understand here. also because we just had a conversation about that. And because you are so much younger than I am, I said something and you did not have the context for it because you weren't actually alive when that happened. Right. So that's also very important. And for me, as an older person, the younger people's context, I oftentimes don't understand because I'm not in your world. For sure. So I'm going to refer back to a former podcast that we did on force. And one of my friends texted me and she was really impacted by it. And it was about emotions carrying a force or what force, how I see things as a force that we carry. And she texted me and said, it's such a simple shift, just like when they teach in psychology to own your emotions. So instead of saying to someone else, you didn't do this or you did do this, I could say something that I am frustrated that you didn't do this. And that way I own it. And then the context of our conversation has shifted automatically from one being accusatory to owning my own emotions, owning the force that I carry in the context of whatever it is we're talking about and explaining it. Mm. And she also described, which I thought was brilliant, she said, this is a different level of power. And again, I did a podcast on power in separating the emotion from the reality in action. So to separate out your emotions from what happened she then did this wonderful example of what she saw as a possible conversation between two people. And she teaches young, not that young, but probably middle school age kids. She said, I can just imagine the conversation. It would go like this, quote, the force of anger got you? Yeah. Oh, man, it had me pretty bad last week, but I was able to clear it by the end of the week. (laughs) And in just saying it that way, it changes the context of how you're communicating with someone. And it also changes the power of whatever emotion you may be carrying. So in this case, it was anger. But if I say I'm carrying anger rather than just say I'm mad, it empowers me to be in charge of the emotion that I'm having. And it changes the context of our interaction totally. Absolutely. And it opens up immense possibility of connection. Whereas if I'm telling you that you make me mad, that is an instant disconnect. I mean, this is along the same lines. I can say, you make me mad, which as an aside, no one can make me mad. That's a choice I have. Or if I say I am mad, that carries a different uh, connotation with it. If I say I am carrying the force of anger, it puts us literally on a different plane so that we're talking from a different place. It really does. It feels so much different. And it makes it lighter. And I think it allows for humor around it. Yeah, right. And it opens up the ability to even relate to the anger so much easier. Like, oh, it's just it's just a force I'm carrying. And I'm carrying it. I have it. It doesn't have me. Mm. Even though it may have me, but if I actually say it, I am carrying the force of anger this week or this day or whatever. Mm. It removes the judgment of it, too. That I feel like if we are feeling a heavier emotion like anger or sadness or depression or whatever that there's often judgment of why I shouldn't be feeling this way. You know, I, what's wrong with me that I'm feeling this way? And instead, if it's just, oh, I'm carrying this fo- the force of sadness today, well, that is more doable. 
And it's also functionally, which I'm always talking about, it's also if you're carrying something, you can at some point let it go then. Hmm. Beautiful. And even if you're just carrying it for that day or that hour, it allows for dropping it or letting go of it. For sure. So it empowers. I think the judgment disempowers us, but so does the belief that it sort of owns us rather than we are carrying it. And it's such a subtle shift, but I think it would change everything if people even started imagining using that kind of language. Right. So I always think about the why behind the why. I mean, this is, I know I'm so broad in terms of my terminology, but I'm always looking for the why behind the why. And if I say I am carrying the force of anger, for me, that's easier to imagine why. Why am I carrying that? Mm. Why do I have that burden right now? I think also that, and I'm, I think I'm quoting Candy Pert, when she talked about conscious versus unconscious. And in this day and age, if we just liken it to computer language. So I'm going to liken the conscious versus the unconscious best I can to computer things. The unconscious in our physiology is the aspect of us that is similar to the operating system in a computer. The operating system inside of our own physiology and bodies would consist of the unconscious downloads that we got early in childhood and that actually runs the show that we're not aware of, and that's what the unconscious is. We're not conscious of it. It just runs in the background. And the conscious mind cannot run the system. You cannot consciously make your heart beat. You cannot consciously make your autonomic nervous system work. You cannot consciously run your emotions. These are all unconscious programs. Within those systems are many emotions that we are not conscious of, and they impact our physiology. So to become more conscious means to become more aware of what is running the system. The emotional context of language is actually in our physiology. And that was shown by Candy Pert with the peptides, which she called molecules of emotion. Those emotions are the unconscious drive behind how we use words. And so I'm proposing that by changing your language to, instead of saying, I am angry, saying, I carry the force of anger, that empowers you to be more in touch with the unconscious system. So one of the ways to become more aware inside of our own physiology and bodies, or to become more conscious, is to listen to the emotional context of our language. I'm actually circling back around. So if I say I am angry, I am means that throughout me, I am pervaded by anger. I carry the force of anger is similar to saying I have programs that are actually directing your language. So one of the ways of understanding what drives us from our unconscious, again, 95% of what we do is unconscious. Only 5% is conscious. So one of the ways of getting to that is through language. There are many people out there talking about changing your language, and I have yet to have that make sense to me because I can change my words, but it doesn't change my emotions and it doesn't change my physiology. If I understand that my unconscious emotions from childhood are driving much of what I say, then I attend to what I'm saying, I hear it or even change it to what my friend said, instead of saying, I am angry, saying, I carry the force of anger. That empowers one in the face of their unconscious drive to be angry by seeing it 
it changes the force of that drive. Yeah, it immediately takes you away from being anger to then being an observer of anger. But it's actually being an observer of your own anger. So you've separated yourself from the emotion and made it into information. Yes. So I am carrying the force of anger. That's information to me. Mm -hmm. If I'm angry, I'm in it. So that's not information. Right. In seeing the emotions as information, it's very hard to do, but this is one way to access it. In seeing the emotions as information, it empowers us to then understand ourselves better, to then in the context of a conversation, it changes the entire context. Yeah, how so? Tell me more about that. Well, just the feel of that sentence that I just said with these two kids saying, the force of anger got you? Yeah, oh man, it had me pretty bad last week. You've separated yourself from the emotion. Doesn't mean the emotion isn't there. You've empowered yourself in the face of the emotion. You've reduced judgment. And you are then meeting the other person that you're talking to on a common playing field, which is not an emotional playing field. Right. It's a, almost a force field. You're, you're on a field where you're talking about the forces that are in you. Right. It allows you to have a conversation like you would about the weather. Right. It would be less charged anyway. Yes, it takes the charge out of it and changes the ownership. Right. And then at the same time, I talked in, I don't know how many of these podcasts about emotions and how if somebody walks into the room, we're talking about all different forms of language. If somebody walks into the room, before they say a word, you have an idea of their state. Just by this sort of energetically, they could have a frown, they could be smiling, they could be skipping along or thudding along or whatever. You have an idea that that language has told you a lot about that person already. So if I wanted to meet you in a non-charged playing field, I could empower myself by saying, I carry the force of this feeling, but it doesn't have to influence my interaction with this other person. Right. And even if I say to the other person, hey, how are you doing? I just have to tell you that today I'm carrying the force of anger. <laughs> Does it not change how you would respond? Absolutely. How would you see it differently? Well, it's interesting because I feel like there's a context for each person to the emotion of anger itself. Some people might be really intimidated by it. Some people might be get angry themselves if they see someone angry. I know myself, like I want to shut down around anger. I want to shy away. So if someone just vocalized that to me, I would just instantly feel at ease versus feeling, ooh, someone's angry. Let me walk away. Let me get out of their space. So it would actually also for you reduce your fear. For sure. So that takes me to how things are communicated. And there is someone online now I like what he has to say. His information is really good. It is, however, colored by his emotional state. And that comes through just in what he writes and the manner in which he writes it. It feels to me very much like a Jack Russell Terrier. Hmm. He's got a bone in his mouth and he's just going to let us all know over and over and over and over again. And that has turned me off. Mm. Although I love his information, I have a little bit of leeriness about, hmm. And he is a brilliant man, and he's a very wealthy man, and he's successful, but it turns me off. Mm. So that's a context 
where he is losing me because I believe he doesn't see how he comes across. And I understand that he is panicked and he's upset about the situation in the world and he wants people to change. But I, for myself, don't believe that that changes people as well as it would be if it wasn't so charged. So if he then announced on his podcast and said, hey, everyone, just so you know, before we get started today, I'm carrying the force of a Jack Russell Terrier right now. <laughs> would, how, would that change anything for yes, you? Yes, it would totally. Yeah. It would totally. Right? It's interesting because as I'm thinking about this, I'm also feeling that if someone said that I'm carrying the force of anger today, it would not only eliminate my own response, my own like initial reaction towards anger, but then now that's settled and now I'm curious about the other person and I want to connect. And you can connect on a totally different level. Absolutely. Because now I'm I'm curious. I might even ask them, oh, what, what's that force about? Like, let's talk about it. Or I might just then connect on something else if they're wanting to connect on something else and be able to hear their other language instead of just seeing the anger and feeling my own reaction to anger. And it would not influence in a negative manner your interaction, whereas just pure emotion might Right. And I'm not saying just anger. I mean, if somebody was madly, you know, lusting after you, if someone says, I have the, I carry the force of lust, it has a very different impact than saying, I just want whatever they would say. That's an interesting. (laughs) I'm talking about strangers. I'm not talking about your husband (laughs) or anything, but I mean, it's, but I, I just feel that it really separates, it makes our emotions into information. And then we're not enthralled to our emotion. And so for you, how would that change listening to that podcast? I would listen more. I'm I'm finding myself reading the information online and then clicking away because it's like, oh, it's just, it's too much. And it comes rat-a-tat like a a machine gun. Mm. And so I look elsewhere for the information. Right. Because what it does is it really revs up my autonomic nervous system. And it's very hard to learn or to absorb conversation or information if you're in a fight or flight state. Right. And just to point out what you're teaching in this full episode, it's not him that's doing that to you. It's your, it's bringing up yes. something within you that you're just like my reaction to anger. Exactly. Yeah. So your reaction to whatever the force of Jack Russell Terrier is creates a, a response, a fight or flight response in you. And some of it is that I, I've spent so much time and energy connecting and learning about connecting. And, and that in and of itself, that Jack Russell is really not interested in connecting with me. And so I'm really not interested. If you want to connect, for me, I want it to be on another level, mm. not just on an emotional back and forth level. I find that exhausting and right. not productive. For you. For me, absolutely. Right. I said me, yeah. Yeah. I mean, some people just love screaming at each other all the time. That's fine. (laughs) Not sure that they'll be listening to this podcast, but right, Right. But those who do fully understand that. Yeah. So to recap context, we've covered a lot of subjects kind of explaining context. How could we look at context? So let me just again reiterate that the word context means to weave together. And my goal in this entire paradigm is to weave together and to connect between people. And I found 
and in particularly in this time of such upset and division, that one of the ways of connecting is to change the context in which you communicate with someone. And then the way to change the context is to acknowledge the emotion that you're carrying into the interaction. So for instance, and this is sort of timely, when I think about the truckers in Canada, and I just think about a trucker and, I don't know, either a policeman or a Trudeau talking to each other, and them being angry. And they're angry at one thing, and Trudeau is angry at another thing. But if they sat with each other and one said, I carry the force of anger, and it's related to mandates, and Trudeau said, I carry the force of anger, and it's related to whatever his is, it might then allow for an interaction on another level instead of just the divisiveness and the conflict. So the word context means to weave together. I'm not sure what conflict means. I could look it up. But conflict, um, it comes from Latin conflict, which means struck together, fought, comes from to strike, and it means a contest. Huh. So a conflict is a contest. And the way to change the contest between two people is to turn the emotion into information. And then again, you can meet on another plane. You can meet in a different state. Absolutely. A different emotional state. Right. Well, and even just in context, even more generally, we've covered several other ways too, that if you just change a context so that the other person can understand, like using a metaphor that they understand, using a, a generational reference that the other person can understand to help them to create a connection, to weave together in a sense that wasn't there. And I think it's really important to let the other person know where you're coming from. Yeah. And one of the best ways to do is to say, I'm carrying this emotion. Absolutely. And when you know where you're coming from and where the other person is coming from, it somehow provides you a common ground. Right. And it's a common ground that allows for growth. I mean, we might be in a common ground if you're enraged and I'm enraged and we're fighting with each other. That's a common ground, mm -hmm. but it doesn't allow for movement or growth. Right. And I'm interested in growth. I wonder also as a big piece here, recognizing that when you are in conflict, are you in different contexts? Good point. Yeah. So you need to change. Name it. You yeah, need to name just the name context it. so right. you can understand. Name your own context. Yeah. And be honest about it. Be emotionally honest. Right. Especially I find in today's day and age right now with all of the disconnect going on, Anytime that I find myself feeling upset about something, I then think about what is the emotion underneath it and how can I connect that way? And, and that so, emotion comes from your unconscious and comes from a long time ago right. in your upbringing. Well, and I, I think about the other person as well. Right. If like, maybe I can't see eye to eye on the information that they're saying, but if I understand that they're feeling scared, I can understand that. I can, I can connect to that. If I see that they're feeling angry, I can connect to that. I can understand it. Because what you're looking for is literally a common ground, and it's a common ground of feelings or emotions that mm. we all have, but you're at least meeting and connecting in a common ground right? that allows for movement forward. So let me just ask you this. If someone doesn't have a lot of practice with being aware of their own emotions, now you could go back and listen to some of the emotion episodes, which I highly encourage you to do if you have not listened to them yet. But is there a way you could start to put this into practice 
or is there something that you would suggest to someone who's not very, very in touch with their own emotions, but is interested in kind of playing around with this idea of contact, like a beginner starter course in it? Well, I think one of the ways to do it is on your own, you know, by yourself. If you if you have a reaction to something or someone, stop and ask yourself, what is that reaction? Mm. Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it grief? Is it joy? I mean, it's that simple. Mm. And just start labeling when you're having emotions and watch what happens to your body. Watch what happens to your body. For instance, I can be on the computer and not be able to get into a website that I want. And what happens to my body is not to be believed. (laughs) (laughs) And the emotions that come up are very powerful. That's a feeling emotion. So I am aware of that. And then I start asking myself, okay, what is this context? What it's, it's a computer. Why am I so? And it really has to do for me, it has to do with not understanding and feeling helpless. Mm. That's all. And then that makes it more understandable, more relatable. It, it takes away, I guess, the judgment piece. Yeah, it takes the judgment it away. Takes the Judgment's judgment a away. big one. Right, right. And I think a, a lot of people can relate to that, how many of us have been frustrated by technology, some of us more than others. And in that moment, if you realize, oh, this is really about something else. Now that makes sense. And the something else is a feeling or an emotion that is probably from somewhere long ago. So labeling that emotion is the beginning. And you could even say to yourself, oh, I'm carrying the force of helplessness mm-hmm. right here in front of my computer. <laughs> That's going to be something I'm going to play around with this week. <laughs> <laughs> and then you one. could go to your husband and say, I'm carrying the force of helplessness. Can you help me? <laughs> right? <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But to separate it out, just it is a force and look at the context in which it arises And acknowledge it, that you're carrying it. Mm. That's so interesting. You just pointed something out as well. I think this helps in communicating emotions as well, especially to someone who does not understand them as well. I'm going to be more clear that the example you just called out, that if I were to say I'm carrying the force of a particular emotion to my husband with clear instructions on what I need, that would be, I feel like that would solve so much for him. Yeah, just because he's you know, he's a fix-it man. And, you know, when we first started getting together, he didn't realize that, oh, you just want to feel that emotion. Like oh, because he he's a man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's a, he's a man. And so now we've, we've learned to work with that, but that could just be another way to help. Another tool. Another tool to help express your emotions to someone as well. And to own them. Yeah. Without throwing them out there or throwing them on someone. Right. Well, thank you, Dana. This was Thank you, great. Rebecca going to be contemplating this one all week. (laughs) If you enjoyed this episode as well, we would love it if you would share it with three of your friends. Take a quick moment, send a text, send the link, send an email, post on social media. What if we were to all start communicating differently because of this episode? What if we were able to start seeing each other through this time of disconnection, just through the simple concept of context? Oh,